passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And we are live. It is the Cafe Hangout. I am John Pollock, along with Waiting. Thank you to all who are joining us here in the post office. A big show coming up. We are going to be going through all the news that is happening in the world of professional wrestling and mixed martial arts. We're going to go through some of the cards that are going down this weekend. Uh, But our primary topic today, in addition to all you great callers that we're going to be getting to, uh, the WWE's financials. The first quarter earnings report, and it's now becoming an unofficial tradition here on the Cafe Hangout that when the financials drop, we put out the Brandon signal. And joining us, a man who is going on very little sleep today, he is today's post-wrestling MVP, Brandon Howard, fresh off an appearance for Beyond Wrestling on their program last night, Uncharted Territory. He is now joining us here on the post-wrestling cafe as he gets to play financial analyst brandon it is always great to have you here hey john and way it's great to be here yes i'm I'm, i just got back from like a six and a half hour car ride got home like 7 30 a.m something like that i got like two hours of sleep and then i had to wake up for because the the documents drop at 9 9 a.m eastern so i read some of those tweeted quite a bit and uh then by the time i was done with that the conference call had started at 11 and uh so i'm here and i'm caffeinated and uh, yeah, but the, the Beyond show was a ton of fun. I got to wrestle Jay Freddy, and people seemed to like the match a lot. So that was. I awesome. saw a lot of great feedback uh, to the match, and yeah, um, yeah, it's really it's a side topic, but I think that Beyond Wrestling, I mean, they're a really interesting company, and how they've been able to to utilize their YouTube content to tremendous success, and now parlaying it into this weekly show on Wednesday nights. I think that it's uh, certainly has a lot of buzz right now. Yeah, like I've been in touch with the promoter of Beyond, Drew Cordiero, for a while. I'd never really wrestled. I've done like one small show for him uh, years ago, but he's done a lot too. Like I think they're at one one and a half million YouTube subscribers, which yes. is like more than Ring of Honor. So uh, he's worked really hard to get, get out there on social media and to use YouTube. And uh, you know, it's it's super ambitious to do a live independent wrestling show every week. You know. Uh, I had some people asking me, like, is this like a TV taping? Are they doing, like, multiple episodes and then airing them? No, it's just every week live. They do two hours or a little over two hours. So shifting gears now over to the WWE's earnings report. Uh, we're talking to you at 3 p.m. Eastern time. The WWE stock has taken a pretty significant hit today. I imagine that it will uh, rebound to a degree, but it's trading at a, uh, just under $86 right now. I guess if you were to... Explain today's earnings report, uh, what your expectations were, and what the actual results were. Did they did they differ? This was below my expectations. This was uh, this was not a good day for WWE stock. Uh, the, the last I looked at, just before I got on the phone with you guys, it's down twelve point eight percent on the day. The stock price is. Um, we we saw the the sort of a theme that I found over the last few months here. I, I did an article a few months ago about W popularity and looked at seven different metrics. And to, just to see, is there a preponderance of WWE's popularity decreasing? And I found that there is, even though WWE is really financially stable because of the big TV rights deals that they've got. But, uh, yeah, we, we saw um, – they actually gave us a, a WWE Network subscriber number for the day after yes. WrestleMania. 
and and that number was down from the previous WrestleMania. And and if, if anybody's been following W Business over the last few years, especially since the network's been launched, they would take every Monday morning after WrestleMania and say, "Here's what the network number is," because that would be the peak uh, for the year, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and with the last earnings report uh, last quarter, they said, hey, because the network is so successful now, we're not going to do that anymore. You know, and, and as it turned out, that number was down. So maybe they saw that coming and figured, you know, you don't want to deliver disappointing news. Yeah. So to, to throw that number out, the day after WrestleMania this year, they had two million total subscribers, which is down six percent from their all time high that they had last year, the day after WrestleMania. Uh, paid subscribers was down 2%. Uh, but on the free category, you were down 26% who had at least signed up for the free option last year, which, I mean, when you look at that number, free subs being down so much, I wouldn't be as concerned if the paid number, like these had turned into paying subscribers. But that doesn't seem to be the case either. And it's kind of an interesting uh, drop to see, Brandon, when you're looking at raw viewership being down by a similar degree year over year and this year it just seemed like wrestlemania there was a slight decline in popularity from last year's show yeah i think like when it comes to the network the you can look at this like under the best case scenario is just that this was a, a new media this is a new business and maybe it's just that we've saturated the market and this market is sort of fully matured even though i bet if i did some research and looked into netflix subscribers even just in the u.s i bet they might still be increasing but but certainly i think worldwide they are or under a worst case scenario like this this product in, in general or WrestleMania itself just wasn't as interesting as it was last year to people. And I think there's a preponderance of evidence that, that would support that WWE has, has not been as popular this year as it, as it has been for the last couple of years. Um, and you can see that too in, in the, the news we got today for live events with average attendance being down, uh, the revenue for live events being down, the operating income, which is a way to measure profit. That was They lost $200,000 in, in operating income on the live event segment. Uh, merchandise sales were down. Online sales through W Shop and other sources were down 20%. Their venue merch sales at the venues were down 17%. And even the the AVA, the ad supported video on demand on places like YouTube, for the first time since 2016, uh, that stuff was down. The hours viewed were down 15% quarter over quarter. The views were down 9% quarter over quarter. Which has sort of been something that they could lean on. You know, YouTube doesn't make a ton of money for them. They are one of the most popular channels on YouTube and it, and it makes some money for them, but certainly very little compared to what they make on TV, but it's been something they could lean on and say, Hey, look, this, this is still becoming more and more popular and these metrics are growing. Well, they didn't grow this quarter. They were down significantly. Seems like the corporate line coming out of this for, for pitting a lot of these decreases um, is a sudden increase in superstar absences, which Vince says yeah. some 15 talent were out. Um, Talk about how much you, you consider this to be a, a valid reason. I, I don't know. He said, so I give him credit for like bringing it up, and that's the first thing that they really talked about on, on the, uh, the conference call, or at least one of the first things. He said this was a very unusual situation, and I, I really question like how unusual this is. Um, I, I think I need to sit down and like try to do some research on it. It's tough to, to gather data on, on injuries. Um, it's not like there's a cage match out there that's you know, tracking everyone's injuries. But he said some 15 talent were down, were absent, both mid-card and top level. And we but, had Rollins out. And Go ahead. No, before you continue, I'm getting a bit of rustling on your on your phone there, uh, Brandon. So I don't know if like the microphone's being perhaps uh, touched a little bit. If you don't mind, just uh, sure. try to stay as perfectly still as you can, I would say, <laughs> for, the, for the duration of this. But, yeah, please continue. Will do. Will do. So, like, so Rollins was out, and I think – Becky was out. This is for part of Q1. Uh, Dolph Ziggler was out. Alexa Bliss had been out for part of it. Uh, Roman Reigns out for part of it. Ron Strowman, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton. So, but I really wonder is is that that much different than other times? I think there are other times, like in 2016, leading up to WrestleMania 32, where there were a lot of yeah. talent injured or absent. And uh, and I don't know that we had the same problems with attendance and with venue merchandise sales and with viewership then. It just seemed that. You know, there was an overall tone on this call that as as, you know, as soft as some of the different areas performed this quarter and they're we're we're not we're kind of not looking at this as any kind of long term issue, because ultimately it comes down to these TV deals at the end of the year. And we're going to hit our forecast. And it just seems everything is geared towards the end of the year when they go into these new contracts. 
Vince even put it over. He said that, uh, you know, when, when top talent was out, we made new talent and we're, we're hiring new people for the writing team that are going to help us out. You know, we've got a new team for live events. And if you remember a couple of quarterly conference calls a, a little while ago, he said that live events were going to be reimagined. And here we've got another quarter where it looks like live events are losing money. But he, he talks about how, like, in Q4, they're going to begin these new TV deals with Fox. So, so SmackDown is going to go on Fox. USA Network is going to be in effect with their new deal for Raw. So Vince talked about how there's going to be these, you know, these new promotional opportunities, and it's going to be a, a whole new kickoff. But I, I, I don't know. And again, I don't, I don't know that it's any different than at any other point in, in, in time, like when 2016, I think there was a lot of talent out then and things were OK then. We weren't seeing the sort of deficits and discrepancies like we are now. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of it, it, it sort of uh, looks to me like a, a company that uh, is it is not really able to fairly evaluate their vision for creating stars and for, for telling stories. That's um, that's what I thought was kind of glaring to me was just no real mention of, of you know, storytelling and, and maybe uh, critical uh, negativity what, as, as it regards to just the, the types of programs that they're telling. And, and some of the the criticisms I, I often hear doing this show is just the length of the, the, the programs and really wearing a lot of people out. Was there any talk of, of any of that? There was no talk about how WrestleMania was seven and a half hours long. No. Um so one analyst named Laura Martin asked about how long it takes to create these new stars. You know, we had Roan Reigns out, you know, he had a cancer scare and we've got John Cena, you know, not as much part of the company as he used to be. Uh, she was sort of getting at that. And, and how, how long does it take to, uh, to create a new star? And these the financial analysts are not necessarily wrestling fans. Right. So so Vince took that question and he just sort of kicked it off to Triple H, to Paul Levesque, who, who's, who every once in a while shows up at these conference calls and he, he ends up talking. And uh, Triple H just talked about how, you know, we don't just bring in superstars, we create them. The line of the call. Abs- yeah. And when we have absence, right, which uh, which sort of like, you know, there's AJ Styles, you sort of just took him and didn't put him on NXT, you just put him right out there. But uh, but he said, yeah, when we have absences, we have new talent to step in, and that's, you know, Kofi Kingston is an example of that. And he just, he sort of just went into his NXT talking points about how 80% of the talent that we have in the main roster went through our talent development system. And we have a 30-year track record in creating stars, so we're confident in that. So there doesn't seem to be, you know, a lot of, like, reflection on are we doing the right thing to create stars? Are we telling stories in the right way? And, uh, I, I, you know, again, I don't think that, that financial analysts and the people who are, you know, reacting on the stock market are, like, hardcore internet wrestling fans, like maybe we are. And I don't know that they're, like, evaluating, you know, Raw and SmackDown and the major pay-per-views like a lot of people are. But I, I, I almost couldn't you know, help but wonder, like, how could you not listen to this and think that there's, you know, that the people in charge of this company are not insulated in some way? Well, and, you know, there's always those those topics, Brandon, that we don't expect to be able to pierce the bubble and get out to the investment community. But what I did find curious was that uh, nothing regarding last week tonight was brought up. And just from a simple economic standpoint that if you were to and you did a fantastic study on this what the cost would be to convert them over to employees uh that was not brought up and i was somewhat surprised by that because that's the kind of piece that certainly does go out outside of the wrestling bubble and reaches yeah investors and i think that's a very newsworthy story and i think it's it's great that john oliver covered that and that that issue of the independent contractor and employee issue was brought to a a, a, a higher profile than it's ever been brought before in the wrestling business. But um, I guess when you think about it, like from an economic standpoint, from, you know, people who are, who are analyzing the stock and who have an incentive to, you know, want to see the stock do better, uh, you know, converting uh, your independent contractors to employees, which is going to cost you millions of dollars is, is maybe not something you want to bring up and, and drive a conversation around, I guess. And just for those that maybe have not read uh, your study, like you spoke to a lot of people and I mean, you, you said you were going on the high end of what it would cost, but like, can you just give us a, a bit of that information of if they were to sure. turn their 215 people under contract from independent contractors, the cost might surprise people. Right. So they have, they have 215 talent under contract according to the latest annual report. And I estimated, I was trying to be really aggressive and, and say at the most, what would it cost them? And I got to about $28.5 million when you include things like the travel expenses and the health insurance that they would have to provide to them, the tax contributions and things like that. So about $28 million. Uh, but their, their profit margins are well in excess of $28 million. And because of the new TV deals that are, are going to go into effect at the end of this year and that are going to be there for at least five years – uh, the, the fees that they get for those are 
escalating fees that are guaranteed. So each fee is a little bit higher than the last. So the company is going to be uh, getting more and more revenue each year for like at least the next five years. And they're probably going to become more and more profitable for the next five years. I think they're, they're adjusted OEBDA, which is a way of measuring profit. Their OEBDA goal for uh, this year is like $200 million. So that's well in excess of $20 million. So I think they ultimately, the, the point is the thing to think about is like W could really afford this. They could totally afford to convert their employees to or convert their wrestlers to employees and provide them with health insurance and retirement benefits and things like that and pay their taxes for them and their travel for them. But uh, I think doing that would, would lower the WWE's company uh, profit margins. And then they would end up, you know, the stock price would, would be lower. That would, uh, that would, the executives, the, the stock price, the, the shares that they hold would be less valuable. And, uh, you know, when they make their sales for their stock options, they would be making less money. And you can see uh, Vince McMahon selling a handful of shares every now and then to fund the XFL. Those shares, the sales that he would be able to make, the money he would be able to get to do stuff like that would be less if the stock price was lower and if the, if the profit projections were lower. It does not feel like the the public pressure to make a move like that is strong enough right now. I don't think there's any pressure. Any. I think this segment, no. it, it aired. There was discussion about it for a week tops, and it's totally been dropped. There's been no action. There's been no discussion about it. I think it just, uh, beyond no wrestling media, I don't think it was really covered all that much. Yeah, there were no chance at, wrestling, at WrestleMania, no. as John no. Oliver requested. There are no signs. Some, something no. something I did find pretty interesting uh, coming out of this was was that they stated that one of the their key areas of investment in 2019 is using more fan data. Um, now I, it's it's something I believe they they've been doing off and on through surveys. But how, how do you how do you expect Brandon this to continue in a bigger scale? Can you say that again? You, you guys cut off. For yeah, a sorry. There. Just the idea of using fan data as uh, one of their key areas of investment for 2019. <laughs> Did they talk about that at all here? I've heard a little bit about that, but I didn't see anything. About this was that listed in the, in the release today in their uh, kind of forward-looking statements. They listed their key areas of investment, and one of them they listed was uh, using fan data uh, to improve their their business performance, uh, essentially. Sure. Well, I, I hope they do. I know they had in their last investor presentation in February. They were still using on on one of the slides the old uh, 2015 broadband homes, which is sort of in the context of talking about how many homes could potentially become network subscribers. So yeah, they've done a number of surveys over the years too, and then that could be related to the the next iteration of the W network that's supposed to come out uh, sometime this year, where it looks like they're going to do a premium tier for the W network. So they, I know they're always looking to see what kind of options they can offer as part of that. Uh, before we wrap up here, Brandon, it seemed like the, we absolutely don't want to talk about these topics were Saudi Arabia, and the UK and India deals, which I think were very top of mind for some of the investors that were on the call, uh, particularly uh, what their presence is going to be in Saudi Arabia and what they can expect as they they want to hit this this billion dollars in revenue this year and and hit these markers that they've set forward. But I mean, it was very clear they did not want to talk about any of this stuff. No, they didn't want to talk about Saudi Arabia. They didn't want to talk about the UK TV deal. That's about four months overdue now. The India TV deal is supposed to be done and announced by the end of June, I think. So they're not ready to talk about any of those things. Um, I, I, I saw one one analyst come out and say that the, it, I think it's going to be mostly flat on the UK TV deal and maybe like a 5x increase on the on the India TV deal, which would put it above the, the UK TV deal. But um, yeah, Saudi Arabia, I've, I've heard rumors that is this the latest that, that there's a, a June date possibly? I know there's originally going to be like a May 3rd. Yeah, it looks that's, like that's not happening. That's what I've heard is like, yeah, early June. And then when we saw that court filing that they do have a date listed for November 1st. So in theory, right. they'd be doing two. But yeah, still no announcement of this of this June show. Right. And then the analysts were sort of prying and trying to get some idea of you know, how are you going to make these profit projections that, that you're predicting? Will you tell us whether or not there's going to be a Saudi event, which are apparently worth tens of millions of dollars? Are you going to you know, tell us where those events are? And George Barrios would not budge. And I don't know why. Maybe they just don't want to create more Saudi Arabia news. I don't know. As of the uh, the time of this recording, um, the stock uh, is at a 13.0 three percent decrease um did you expect it to rebound in the forthcoming days and in particular I'm, I'm curious about what what you know the q2 earnings report will be do you think these trends will continue I, I think they will I don't I don't 
buy it that there's this all this talent is out and that's why the the metrics are down um i think i think they're just exhausting people with you know i don't know uh stars that they can't believe in and stuff that's inconsistent and i think the absence over a long period of time it, it, you know since 2015 or 16 the absence of john Cena from house shows is a big reason why attendance has gone down uh the absence of roman reigns and, and i guess he just started working house shows recently again but uh, I, I, I never noticed that Roman Reigns in the studies that I've done made a, a significant positive effect on, on house show attendance. So I don't know. I, I think this is a company that's, you know, it's it's really uh, burning out its time on, like, how long you know, can you wait before you create more new stars? And uh, until they, they fix that, I don't know that any of these metrics are going to fix themselves. But at the same time, they've got so much TV money that they can kind of just do what they want as as long as... I don't know if the viewership is high enough for for Fox and NBC Universal to continue to give them the hundreds of millions of dollars that they that they give them. Uh, Brandon, as we uh, as we say goodbye to you, where can uh, people read more of your work uh, that you're going to be doing on on this report and uh, just to follow you in general as well? I will probably be doing a podcast uh, on uh, on this for WrestleNomics maybe this weekend. You can check that out through the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network or just search uh, WrestleNomics in your podcast app and it should come up just about on any app. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Thurston. You can follow me on Instagram at Farmer underscore Thurston. And uh, I wrestled last night for Independent Wrestling. That's on IWTV.com. Awesome. The busiest man in professional wrestling. Uh, Brandon, thanks so much for joining us. It's always great when we get to uh, dive into all these numbers with you and uh, make sense of them. For sure. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Thank you, Brandon. Please get some sleep. Well deserved. (laughs) I'll try. I'll try. All right. That was uh, Brandon Howard, everybody. So uh, go follow all of his uh, fine work. One of the the best analysts out there Mm -hmm. and a professional wrestler to boot. Yeah, at Brandon Thurston, at WrestleNomics. Uh, great, great job uh, all around. Uh, a lot of chatter uh, uh, from the chat room, from everybody that's there. So if you guys want to be heard, uh, you can search for us on Skype and call in. Just look for Post Wrestling or via phone 1-732-800-4423. Long distance charges may apply if you're using a landline, but uh, they're open right now. So um, looking at talk to all of you yes uh just some other notes from the uh the quarterly report so for the quarter uh they lost just under 8.4 million dollars uh and their revenue was down last year they brought in 187 721 thousand dollars in revenue this year 182 million 448 thousand so revenue down down slightly but um a loss on the quarter as well that they, um, you know, certain areas were down. Live events uh, were definitely down. Consumer products were down. There's a number of different areas you can look at um, that were down. And I think that this, there's this this solution, uh, supposed like solution that they were they had to, you know, Vince was talking about to revamp live events. Nothing has happened in that sense. Like there has not been any reimagining of live events. They're presenting them the same way as they always have. And listen to this call. Like it very much seemed that, you know, there's ebbs and flows. And sometimes like they admitted like our television viewership, we are down compared to they're much further down than what the USA network is as a whole. The top 25 cable networks are. And an interesting stat that's buried in there. They mention is the fact that, you know, when we talk about, how many people are getting rid of cable and who is no longer watching television? Last year, the USA Network, this quarter last year, they were 91 million homes. This year, they're 90 million homes. So that's the decrease you're looking at. Mm-hmm. So it's raw is down significantly more than the number of cable homes that USA Network is no longer in. So I, I take this and I can see a lot of you know popularity trends. And I think that there is this belief that it really doesn't matter once these TV deals take effect because the profits are going to be so enormous mm-hmm. that it offsets any of these declines, which they're not wrong in that sense. But I think as well, you don't want to just uh, when popularity is down, it's something you want to take notice of and you want to curb that. It seems to be a bigger problem for five years from from this point or even with the Fox deal. You know? uh, with Fox, it's going to be immediate. I mean, the, yeah. you, you want to be able to grow your audience on Friday nights and not be maintaining or just minimalizing the, the declines. We've got a call. Caller, uh, what's up? Hey, guys. Paul from New Jersey here. Hey, Paul. How you doing? Hey. Uh, good. Uh, that Brandon, that was excellent. Uh, I feel like I learned a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to, when it comes to not building new stars, and I feel like Vince McMahon saying that he, oh, we're getting writers and revamping, it's kind of an admission that you guys aren't doing the best you can, but 
um, I, I kind of recalled when you guys would talk about ratings in the sense of like, I would look at a rating from a show where Brock Lesnar is not on the show, and then when Brock Lesnar is advertised on the show, and I didn't really see the rating move that much. So yeah, I, I think it's, it, I think it's more that they have to create superstars. I don't think you know superstars being out could make much of a difference. And what do you guys think about that? No, I like uh, Brock Lesnar just showing up for an appearance is not an enormous difference maker. The biggest. The biggest mover we've seen of late was when Roman Reigns returned. I mean, there was an enormous interest when he came back and made the announcement on the show, and we saw that the following week as well, but that that trailed off as WrestleMania season uh, built up. But, I, I mean, it's difficult in the sense to really break down because we don't get the quarter-hour breakdowns anymore, so it's hard to go hour by hour and assess, I mean, who is gaining, who is, who is losing, uh, because those aren't public anymore. But uh, you can look at, week to week and hour to hour and and see and see at least those trends you can see certain patterns and what is making a difference and i think ultimately i'm answering my own question i don't think there's a difference maker on the show at the moment like if, if seeing, yeah. seeing seeing the numbers like on, on the go home and the post wrestlemania shows pretty much be stagnant nothing really tells me that you know outside of i think a big monumental moment like roman reigns announcing his return from cancer the on occasion I, I just don't see what needle movers there really could be. Yeah, I, I think more to your point, and, and what was interesting in my life is uh, my family does not care about professional wrestling in the least. They don't like it. But that real-life that real life, um, side of this, uh, this man who was uh, battling cancer and came back, they actually said, hey, you want to come watch Raw with us? And I was like, what did you just say to me? Like... So I think maybe, yeah, getting those storylines better and playing off those situations. But uh, not to take up too much of your guys' time before I go, um, I just wanted to say, like, with the whole Viking Raiders and the whole name thing, I just feel so bad for the both of those guys because, like, I uh, I watched that, that match last night on NXT against the Street Profits. Man, that was great. Like, I bit so hard on a – there was a false finish right um, at the beginning, and it was so good, and it's just – when I'm looking at the wrestling community, all they're talking about is a name. And I just, man, I feel really bad for those guys. Cause I feel like this whole thing has just done such a disservice for the talent. I, I mean, the naming thing, it's, it's, it's not been a, a, a glowing uh, sign of a great promotion for the call-ups. I think ultimately it's going to come down to how this team is handled. I don't think it's the, it's been the, the brush of death, uh, the, this naming change. Right. Um, so I think ultimately we'll we'll look back in a number of months. And if these guys get over, I, I think the naming thing will just be something that people laugh at and they, they move on from. I, I think that's yeah. that's when you'll ultimately uh, see a, uh, a I, solution or a, an answer regarding how the call-up is assessed. They're certainly talented enough, and I think if the push is strong then uh, we can all kind of forget about this. They could be the Viking uh, Raiders, Viking Warriors, whatever they want to be, and I think they'll still be over. But, you know, if the idea is to try to translate, like, what value these guys had from NXT, where they were treated as, and continue to be, if you just watch NXT, to be treated as a serious, intimidating threat, it definitely curbs them. I'm even more concerned, though, about just promoting them as heels right now rather than just directly lifting them from you know, their, their baby face selves in, in NXT, which I thought worked really well. Yeah, I, I certainly agree. I think, I hope a year from now we can just look at this as uh, them being really over at that time and just look at this as something back in wrestling history that we can all laugh at. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for taking my call. Thanks Pleasure. a lot, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Uh, just uh, getting back here, uh, where you mentioned um, what they had listed as their key areas of investment. So yeah. uh, strengthen the talent base, delivering more localized content. The next iteration of the WWE Network that they've just stated will be later this year, mm -hmm. and that's in partnership with Endeavor Streaming and a company called Massive. Yep. And then leveraging fan data to improve business performance. Right. And Via surveys and things. things well, like and also, I mean, by being on the WWE Network, they have access to a lot of data now that right. is specific to you and how that's used. There are mm -hmm. some that are very sensitive to that information uh, being out there, and the WWE sees a great value in it, which it is. Yeah. Um, but it's also, I think, today in 2019, consumers have a concern of how is that data being handled? And that's, you know, fa Facebook is going through that. Uh, it. Right now, I suppose even outside of, of you know data mining, like uh, do they mean that they are more uh, going to make a bigger effort to listen to the audience's wants? So, if for instance the audience does not like the name of a certain tag team, they are more willing now to make a change like that. I mean, for all the negativity about the name, they changed the name. 
Mm-hmm. So that tells you something. Yeah, we'll see. They they opted to drop the name. Caller, what's up? It's MJ. What's up, guys? MJ, yes, you you've been wanting to talk for quite a while, so I'm glad you called. So so, what are your thoughts on it's on everything? One of my favorite days of the year. I love Earnings Day. Uh, when you guys talk to Brandon from WrestleNomics, uh, tickles my my interest in the industry. So they don't need data to understand that they should stop oversaturating their audience. An audience doesn't need to sit through seven hours of WrestleMania and then go to live events and five hours of television a week. It's just oversaturation. I think if we saw them trim that back, I think the interest is still there. It's just how much of people's time are you expecting to get? And they've oversaturated it. Well, I think and it's also looking at what is where do we want to gain those hours from people? Like if we, if we're seeing a drop in live attendance and we can correlate that, that these people are watching the hours on the network more than ever before. Um, I'll try and find it here, but they actually put out the, uh, the, the, okay. During WrestleMania week, 23.2 million hours were consumed on the WWE network WrestleMania week. So if they believe that's a worthy trade-off that maybe live events and television numbers go down, but we're pumping up viewership. I mean, maybe they believe that's a worthwhile pivot for them. Um, I, I would be concerned about that when so much is wrapped up in your television deals that that to me would be my, my ultimate destination that I would want people uh, tuning in and keeping my numbers high enough. But they are also even with all these declines, still among the most watched pr- programming on cable. So that's that's kind of the the, yeah. the balancing act they play. And I'm 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 a little bullish on the company. I think the sell off today was a couple uh, of factors. Obviously, you have the the poor report, um, the first sign of weakness. I think you have a lot of the kind of general public sell because they were at all time highs, and I think everyone kind of rode the momentum up to the hundred dollar level. Mm-hmm. Then you also have uh, people taking off gains. Um, when you're at that kind of level and where the market is at all-time highs, you're going to have people take gains off. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of factors that drive the stock price down. Um, to your point about the ratings, like when they move to Fox, I think that would be a big help because you're not going to ask people to watch three hours Monday and turn around and watch two hours Tuesday, or even when you have the Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. By Tuesday, mm-hmm. who can stand that anymore? So, you know, I think Friday will help. Um, I want to make a few more points real quick. It's funny about them referring to talent injury or talent being not available off the road, the 15 or so names that were not there. Vince should have just come out and said it. It's John Cena and Roman Reigns. They were not around for Q1 for obvious reasons. That was the big, uh, to me, that's the highlight right there. And that's a problem going forward if they can't make stars. Uh, At the same time, I'm not going to bet against Vince because we thought that'd be a problem after Austin and after Rock and and after Cena. So, you know, they they have a history that I'm going to believe in. And then but, the last thing but, is hold, just yeah, to get to, to that point. I mean, at the same time, NJ, like now they kind of have to put their money where their mouth is because Roman is back. Is it going to effectively change ratings for a SmackDown? Well, from a money standpoint, just look at Q2, WrestleMania, Saudi Arabia. Those are big money items. They're going to have such a better report in Q2. And that's what I think people are losing sight of is that the comparison for Q1 versus Q2 then you get the Q4 at the end of the year when the Fox money hits. This company is going to start to show strength again. So the panic today on the stock, like I said, I think it's a couple of factors. I don't think there's a panic for the company. Um, and I think that they were very much of that mindset on the call today. And they kind of just wanted to sweep this quarter under the rug. Um, and yeah, we'll see what the ratings look like. But I think from a financial standpoint, they'll be fine in the next few quarters. Oh, financially, I mean... These, these television contracts, again, it's it's insulated them from having to micromanage these other areas. And it can largely be that will be their scoreboard that they point to uh, if ever they go through a quarter like this again. Like that will offset uh, any losses. So that's, you know, that's going to be the, their, their ultimate uh, go to is once those television deals take effect. And for five years, they're going to be it's going to be very hard for them to lose money in these quarters. Yeah, and as fans, we will analyze storylines. We will analyze whether they build stars, whether they should be or should not be going to Saudi Arabia. At the end of the day, this is a corporation. They are running a corporation. They have investors to answer to. They obviously have shareholders that are looking at this stuff. Um, and I think we as fans sometimes get too caught up in the week-to-week analyzing of the product where we're looking at a television show and they're looking at a corporate environment. Um, the last thing I wanted to mention was it is mind-blowing to me that not a single analyst brought up competition 
And I'm not even talking about AEW. I saw something that Pro Wrestling Tees has now paid out $5 million in royalties, which means they're doing an excess of $6, 7000000 million in sales. That has eaten into their merchandise business in a way that I think is not reported on and really meaningful, really material. Um, when you look at Bullet Club shirts for the last year and a half, two years being the most popularly worn short at a wrestling event, at a WWE show, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize that they are losing business and losing ground there. And how nobody brought that up today was kind of mind-blowing to me um, because it's obvious. Well, I, I think that a lot of these all circle back to, uh, again, star creation. That I, th- I think that if you had a, a hot character, uh, the merchandise would follow. And I think with pro wrestling tees, I mean, yes, they have, there, are, there are stars that are attached to pro wrestling tees to the wrestling audience. And I think also, I think many fans are aware of the model that wrestlers at pro wrestling tees are going to see a lot more of if I spend – $30 on a t-shirt, I know that that performer is going to see more of that than if I buy a WWE t-shirt as well. The shirts are also I, just better, like, for the most part. Like, of course. we've seen. But yes, yes. I, I think they play, the brand equity that WWE carries today um, outvalue, outranks any kind of star power. I think what you mentioned in terms of we know how the model works with pro wrestling teams and we buy a uh, uh, Kenny Omega shirt, he's getting a portion of that revenue. I think that WWE needs to evaluate who is spending the money on wrestling and how do we get their dollars to us opposed to thinking about the broader, this is what our brand is and stars don't matter and that kind of thinking, which has gotten them very far, but it does hit a ceiling at some point, especially when you have really viable outlets like a pro wrestling tease or in the future, another television show on a major network. Uh, that's going to present real challenges to them uh, in 2020 and beyond. All right. Well, thanks a lot for the call, MJ. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Hope you guys are well. Talk soon. Uh, always love talking to MJ. Very, very, very smart person. Um, anyone else who wants to uh, chime in and give us a call? Phone lines are open right now. So uh, look for the uh, phone number just in the uh, chat description. Or Oh, here we go. Hanzi. Hanzi. Are you there? What's what's going on, man? Hey, Hanzi, what's going on? What, are, what what's on your mind? I'm good. I'm good. I, I just wanted I just wanted to ask you guys. Uh, do you guys think that there will be uh, any follow up with John Oliver? Uh, because like there's people online who are already like kind of like tagging him after this whole Luke Harper uh, debacle, and I was wondering like. Uh, I kind of tuned in late, so I don't know if you guys gave your thoughts on the Luke Harper thing. No, we can go you over guys, it now. Like, uh, what? We no, haven't. we haven't talked about it, Hansi, but you, oh, okay. you share your thoughts on it first. Well, I, l- listen, I mean, you're going to get conflicting thoughts like, okay, well, maybe these guys shouldn't have signed these kind of contracts, right? And I get that point, but I mean, I just see a lot of people just justifying this gangster type of mentality that WWE has. And I, I, I don't know, maybe because the last couple of years – I kind of used to agree, like, I used to, like, always blindly uh, uh, support the system because I'm like, well, if, you know, the system is doing so much evil, why are there people still kind of co-signing it? And then when you find out more about, like, you know, the capitalist type of world, right, like, and these people have no leverage, you kind of start, you know, siding with people who are kind of being oppressed in a way. So with, like, Sasha Banks and... Luke Harper, for example, I, I'm just saying if like these people don't want to stay in your company, like then what's the point of even keeping them? Like I under, I understand like someone might grab them up, but I'm just saying like, do you really want unhappy employees who are, who feel miserable and feel like they're prisoners in in your own company, or just why can't you just just, just let them go? You know what I mean? Yeah. So the the story on Luke Harper and uh, Dave Meltzer reported on this in the Observer this week that. Uh, he's reporting that the WWE is not granting Harper his release this after he announced publicly he requested it. And on top of that, because of his uh, his recovery from his wrist surgery, that they're tacking on six months to his contract on top of that. So, listen, I, I have no issue if a company is not willing to release a performer earlier. I mean, you sign a contract and that goes both ways. So I believe that, you know, if they feel you can request a release, but I can also decline that if I so choose, because we signed a contract to this day. 
Now, the the frozen part of the contract, that to me, uh, listen, I have not read a WWE contract that has that language in it. So um, I think that that would be certainly something you raise your eyebrows at it. How uh, you have an injury and that suddenly becomes time owed at the end of a contract. And that becomes really a very gray area legally for, for a performer. And I think that that's something it's gone unchallenged until this point by performers. And I think obviously the onus is on them to, to, to fight that if they believe it's unjust, but I, I don't feel that that is, is fair. Um, That if someone gets injured, uh, particularly in a physical industry, like the WWE is uh, that, then there's time owed at the end of a contract. The problem is, is the, you know, if you sign the contract, then you you've agreed to it, uh, and you know, I think it's more of a, a case for you know future contracts, whether or not uh, there are alternatives out there uh, from other companies that might you know say that we can take this out, and you know, will the WWE react to that? But for the time being, I mean, it seems like it's it's kind of cut and dry, like what they're allowed to do. I, I hear you. Um, before I go, I just want your thoughts uh, quickly. With, with this Kevin Owens heel turn, um, you guys think that, you know, Kofi's uh, run is going to be like, I, I always anticipated, like, I'm glad he got the moment. Um, but I, I anticipate that, you know, his run will be over, uh, I, I assume. But would you guys, um, what would you guys do um, if Kevin Owens wins, wins the title? Would you guys rather Roman Reigns kind of, you know, become the hero and get it from Kevin Owens? Or do you think it would be a better story if, like, Big E returns and he kind of uh, fights for Kofi's honor and, you know, he kind of goes into the world title program where now you made made two New new Day guys um, in, in one year, basically? I think it's it's way too soon to, to take the belt off of Kofi, especially on a first defense. Even if your idea was to put it onto Big E, I think the audience still wants to see a longer reign for Kofi Kingston. And I we're at the point now where we can, you know, I think the audience is is, is smart enough to, to know when a transitional championship is, uh, championship reign is happening. And if Big E were to just pick up, or especially if it was Roman Reigns just picking up off of, uh, you know, Kofi Kingston's reign, I mean... What a surefire way to get Roman Reigns booed if, you know, you go for a one-month reign for Kofi Kingston to a one-month reign from Kevin Owens to a one to a, an ultimately, you know, a reign from Roman Reigns. So I would avoid all that. I would have Kofi beat Co- Kevin, Kevin Owens, and then have him at least hold it all the way until SummerSlam and then maybe move on to your next guys. I actually think Nate Milton had an awesome idea that Big E wins money in the bank and then Kofi is the champion and it's just lingering. What's this guy going to do with this briefcase? That would be very interesting. Yeah. I think that'd be something intriguing. But, but he's, I, I'm he's with not you. not healthy, though. I mean, he's, no, not, I, I he's not out for a long time, though. Will he be at Money I, in the Bank, you think? Um, that might be pushing it to be back that quick. Hmm. I think if if healthy, um, I think that's a cool option. All right. Well, uh, guys, thanks for answering my question. And uh, it's nice. I, I, sorry I haven't talked to you guys in a couple of weeks, but... Uh, it's nice to hear you guys live again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, likewise, Hansi. Always good to our, hear. Our week is not complete unless we, we check in with Hansi. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. All right. Thanks a lot. Um, we're going to go over some of the uh, the shows that are going on this weekend, but if we get calls, we will uh, interrupt to go into them. I believe I tweeted out that we were going to preview uh, Wrestling Dontaku, and then uh, I realized Wrestling Dontaku is next weekend. So next week's show, we'll go through the Dontaku cards. But the phone lines uh, continue to ring. Who is there? Who's on the line? Okay, what's up, man? Oh, oh my! I'm God. ready. I'm ready for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have plenty of thoughts on the uh, for a quarter one uh, quarter one financial results, Brandon. Oh, it's the, it's the Firefly Funhouse with Brandon. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I took my econ class today, right? <laughs> <laughs> what's up? Oh man, not much, man. You guys look at dapper today, man. Oh Wait, yeah, you can. What, what are you talking about? I'm, well, I mean, we're, nice we're both haircut. we both have the callers. I know Way Way's got the nice slick uh, on top there. I know, man. Way looks like he's uh, he's going to uh, the, the vote for it today in the Democratic Caucus in uh, Canada. With that face, I don't man. think we have What's those. No, nah, he's he's getting prepared for Endgame. He's uh, he's, he's going to wear a suit tomorrow, um, like, like Rusev. Oh, I'm going tomorrow, also, man. I can't wait. Stay away from Kobe Covington's speed, though, man. He's going to expose the. Uh, 
uh, what's we call it? Spoiler alert. Ways Ways blocked him, so I, I don't think Colby Covington will get through. But yeah, that 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 tweet is absolutely coming tonight. So anyone listening to this that follows Colby Covington, be forewarned. I know it's coming. Tonight. He's really developed developed quite the gimmick for himself. Like anytime a big Marvel movie or Star Wars movie comes out, everybody's just thinking about that guy. Oh, too bad he couldn't work out on TNA. No, no. no. Uh, wh- hey, are you? What are you watching on Saturday night? Are you watching oh. UFC and Bellator? Are you picking one over the other, or are you watching the Crockett Cup? Oh, dude, I'm so stoked for that Crockett Cup. You have no idea. Uh, it, it reminds me of like the Battle Bowl back in the day with the weird tag team stuff like that. I think it'll be a fun show on Saturday. I'm 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 looking forward to watching that. I don't know if I'll be watching it live Saturday night or the next day, but I I am going to try the uh, the monumental task of watching. UFC, Bellator, and Crockett Cup on Saturday. Wow. We're going to see how that goes for me. We'll be talking about it on the, on the double shot. Bellator might fight on that Bellator card, too. Bellator's got some some fun fights on there, and I think it's a really, like, under-the-radar UFC card as well on Saturday in uh, in Sunrise, Florida. I mean, you have Yoel Romero, Jack Hermanson, whatever. It's kind of a replacement main event with Yoel out. But, man, you go through this. Alex Oliveira, Mike Perry, uh, John Lineker, and Corey uh, Sanhagen is a really good fight. Andre Arlovsky is on the prelims. Uh, Carlos Spars is on the prelims. Jim Miller is on the the prelim prelims. <laughs> Dude, if you live in the... We don't necessarily have this problem in Canada, but for you, Brandon, the prelims are on ESPN2. Then for the other prelims, you have to go to ESPN. And then the main card is on ESPN+. You have to go to three different platforms to watch uh, 12 fights on Saturday. That's insane. And if you got the app, you can watch them all. What's that? You can watch it all on the app? Yeah. You could, well, through your local cable provider, you could stream You could stream it through the, the app. Oh, okay. I mean, so you, you can stay on one one outlet and watch them all through. You don't well, you have to, like, switch. Different, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Gotcha. Uh, what, 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 TSN doesn't do that? No, TSN, TSN like I'm saying, in Canada, we don't really have to deal with this because TSN airs everything. But I'm just looking at this. It's like... One's on ESPN Plus, one's on ESPN, and then the other's on ESPN Two. What are they showing on TSN Six? It, we only go up to TSN Five here. <laughs> we don't have the Ocho up here. Oh. And, and don't forget the Crown Jewel. Come on, Raptors Six Game One. Oh, oh, that's oh, yeah. right. that's yes. probably what more people are paying attention to in Toronto. I'm figuring out how I'm going to watch UFC and Bellator together with a Crockett Cup mixed in there. And you also got Impact on Sunday. Impact is on Sunday right. as well. I- and wait for your, you and Nate Milton's review. Oh my god! Yeah, that's your your weekend is all set, Brandon. <laughs> oh man! What if Andre Borgnani suits up on, on Saturday and gets like two points? Would you be excited for that? Uh, no, no. I don't even know what sport you guys are talking about at this point. If the Raptors make it to the right, finals, I might I might tune in. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, one question, real quick, and I get out of here. Um, uh, no. I- <laughs> Wait. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, are you disappointed that uh, uh, Enzo didn't get on the best of the Super Juniors? <laughs> that Enzo didn't get into the best of the Super Juniors. Uh, there'd be a morbid curiosity to that. Yeah, there would that's be. May- blo- hey, why, why are you saying de- definitively? I mean, we don't know who X is yet. That's right. That, that's true, man. <laughs> but all these El Fantasmo rumors. I mean, maybe. Maybe that's uh, Ring of Honor and New Japan are going to work together and Enzo's going to show I just, up. I want to hear him rap about all the participants in the Best of the Super Juniors. <laughs> all right. We think it gets over in that tournament, by the way. Who wins the tournament? Yeah. I'm going to go with Shingo. Wow. That's a bold pick. Yeah, well, that's me. I'm being bold. Yeah. Bold and underlined. Right, okay, thanks. Thanks, Brandon. I love you guys. I love you guys. Likewise. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I thought we did a pretty good job keeping up with him. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best. He's great. Yes. Uh, let's let's chat about some of these shows. Uh, the Crockett. What, what are you going to try and watch this weekend? Uh, I'm going to watch the Crockett Cup. We'll be talking about that on the double shot. Uh, I think I'm going to try to catch a bit of impact, depending. I'll be listening to the review first and seeing what, what's worth catching up on. I was on the fence about going to it, but it's just too tough with doing a show right afterwards, yeah, so I'm no. not going to go. 
But I think it's going to be a really good show on Sunday. It looks like it. Yeah, yeah it I'm like looking. I'm looking card. forward to both shows. Uh, before we get to our next call, uh, Jake, please stay on the line. Do you want to go through perhaps uh, some? Yeah, of the Impact. Matches? They've only announced five matches, so I imagine there's going to be more. But it's headlined by Johnny Impact and Brian Cage, with Lance Storm as the special referee for the Impact title. Uh, if you if you go to last week's Impact, the first three minutes. It's a video package going through the whole feud mm-hmm. and going back to January at Homecoming and even in, incorporating the fact that Johnny Bravo, who is now turned heel, the referee, he was involved in all of the matches that you might not have right. realized at the time. They did a really good job of summarizing this feud. Uh, cool. The Lucha Brothers, Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. defending the tag titles against LAX in a full metal mayhem match. That should be outstanding. Yeah. Uh, Tessa Blanchard versus Gail Kim. Mm-hmm. That should be very good. Rich Swan defending the X Division title against Sammy Callahan and Taya Valkyrie defending the Knockouts title against Jordan Grace. Like I think th- that's that's five solid matches and whatever they add to it. My favorite part is that it's five matches. You know, there will and, be more. I'm sure. Well, there will be more, but at least like uh, I'm hoping it's not that much more than five. But there are five. I mean, very much like a takeover. There are five matches that I think I I I actually care about seeing. Do you know who their breakout star this year is going to be? Is Josh Alexander. He sure. um, He's now there full-time. He's teaming with Ethan Page. They had this great uh, squash match on television. Uh, they're pairing them together as the North. I think I think the team is... I really enjoy the team together. Page can talk. Alexander is... like He's been a standout on the Ontario independent scene forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's great to see he's now getting U.S. dates and working with Impact. I think he could have a very big... I'm, I'm sure he'll end up on the card in some form or fashion. Yeah, all these like TNA. Oh, sorry, I'm never gonna stop calling them TNA. Everybody, but like uh, all these Impact shows, I I I don't watch the week to week. But like I hear about shows like this, and they always look good. So to me, there are always chances for them to kind of like break through to that you know next tier of like talk. Um, we'll see. We'll see. You know, uh, Jake, what's up? Hey, gentlemen. Uh, good to hear from you again. Uh, yeah, uh, I was gonna call in about the Impact of. Uh, pay-per-view because it really looks like it's going to be a uh, a great card um really i don't watch the week to week um as well uh but i do um watch uh bits and pieces on youtube and on twitch unfortunately uh, my cable provider doesn't have pursuits which is really unfortunate um but uh, yeah i'm really looking forward to gail kim and tessa blanchard i think that could be a uh one hell of a match that will come up on sunday yeah yeah i think the match is going to be tremendous i i think tessa blanchard is fantastic um She's just a tremendous talent that they that they have. So. Is this Gail's uh, return, return match? Return, okay. Yes. So she has yes. not wrestled at all since she is. A, yeah, she has not wrestled since uh, whenever that retirement match was. She's yeah. also throwing out the pitch at the Blue Jays game on Friday. Cool. Cool, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, watching this product, uh, it, it certainly has improved uh, over the past year. It's it's unfortunate because I really wished they had this product when they were on spike. Uh, you know, because I, I was a huge TNA fan uh, back in the mid 2000s. Like, you know, you got Styles, uh, Daniels, and Samoa Joe. That three-way match at, at Unbreakable. That was the first time I saw TNA and became a huge fan of it. And um, yeah, it's just unfortunate because I, I, I hope people give this promotion a second chance uh, because it, it really has improved uh, with with Don and and Scott uh, being back behind behind the scenes uh, with this promotion. So yeah, just. It's it's tough. It's a really aggressive fight yeah. now for people's time, and it's it's not really even an indictment against the show or the lineup. That some people they just they fall out of it, and buying it on pay per view it's a it's a big ask for people. It's just it's such a crowded market. That, We're already talking about oversaturation with yeah, just the WWE itself, and now you have so many other alternatives that have popped up in the wake of you know like since the last time TNA you know was that big second number two relevant company. Uh, it's it's that much of a tougher fight to 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 get people's attention. Yeah, but I mean, if you are watching it, I think it's a it's a pretty good product. Like I enjoy the TV most weeks, and their pay per views are generally very good. And I think this is going to be a really strong one on Sunday. Which kind of leads me to my next question. Uh, finally, just before I go, um, you know, AEW has the the biggest op- has their big opportunity to probably become the number two so i just want to put you guys on the spot because this could be a loaded question right here what do you think (laughs) appreciate it appreciate it um what do you think aw can learn from tna so they won't make the same mistakes that impact did 
and I know it's a loaded question, but there's a lot of them. So I'll just uh, listen to you guys, and I'll just uh, hang out from here. Seems like they're already taking a lot of lessons, not just from you know TNA, but also from uh, uh, WCW. Um, you know, just uh, uh, Tony Khan did an interview with uh, Chris Van Van Fleet recently, yes. where he talked about how you know much of uh, what he felt like was a problem with WCW was that they took on too much talent. And, you know, we've kind of know known all these. You know, we know our history lesson with regards to to Turner and and um, WCW, but just not hiring too many people, only having so much TV time that they can devote to their quote unquote stars that they already have quite a few of anyway. So it seems like they're they're being pretty you know calm about hiring all these you know ex WWE people. In fact, they're going kind of the other route and more so filling out their undercard with unknown talent. I think that's a great way to go, and I would say if you are going to be signing a talent that leaves WWE, there has to be a clear idea of you can't just take this performer and insert them into your program as that WWE character. And that's what TNA did over and over and over again with your your Ken Anderson. Like you can run run down the list of guys where they just they took someone that they believed this guy's a star. He was in WWE. So we're just going to put him here. Whereas if the, you look in the top mix too, not necess- not even just in a in an entry role. You know? Yeah, it it just like you branded yourselves as you know just we'll take everybody just yeah. that has any kind of name recognition from WWE, and you know I look at the examples of Kevin Nash and Scott Hall when WCW was able to to bring them back, they didn't bring them back to be their WWF characters. Like in a way, they were trying to be the people that played those characters, but mm. presenting them in a totally different light. As under their real names and having a very distinct difference to them as opposed to just bringing in these two guys that are right. their WWF characters. Certainly having like the freshness of like a heel Hulk Hogan, you know, really helped that as well. But then they would go on to kind of make some of those same mistakes, wouldn't they? Yeah. I'll just leave this one tip. I'll just leave this one tip. Yeah. Don't hire Vince Russo. <laughs> we don't have to worry about that, but just that's my one tip. <laughs> Well, he's not seeing how he's not even allowed at Starcast. Um, I, I I don't think they're in much danger of 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 doing that. But thanks for the call, Jake. Thank yeah, you, Jake. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, let's quickly uh, just run down the Crockett Cup. Uh, we did go over this last week, but uh, it's headlined by Nick Aldis and Marty Skrull, which Wayne and I just reviewed the Ten Pounds of Gold episode featuring uh, the final episode leading into the pay per view. Uh, that's on the double shot this week. Willie Mack defending the national title against Colt Cabana, Allison Kay and Santana Garrett for the vacant women's title. Then you have the wild card tag team battle royal. The winner of that battle royal is the eighth seed in the Crockett Cup tournament, which features the Briscoe brothers against the Rock and Roll Express, Brody King and PCO against Yuji Nagata and Satoshi Kojima, Flip Gordon and Bandito against Guerrero, Maya Jr. and Stuka Jr., and Crimson and Jack Stane against the wild card battle royal winners. Uh, to be followed by the semifinals and finals. So 11 matches in total listed yeah. for. And on commentary, you have uh, Joe Galley, who did the fir- the anniversary show back in October, Jim Cornette, and Ian Riccoboni. So cool. I think the commentary will be solid on the show. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually looking forward to it. Um, so we'll see what they have to offer. Yuji Nagata. Uh, when, when ROH put out the announcement, because I was kind of on the fence about going to this ROH card in Toronto, and then they announced Yuji Nagata in a singles match with Silas Young. And that was that was my decision maker. I was like, okay, I'm definitely going to go to this show. I, I I need to see Yuji Nagata. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't really made a tour. Of, I don't think... I, I know I've never seen him wrestle live. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's done any... Because he was supposed to do the, the U.S. dates earlier this year and then didn't end up getting to come over for them. Right? I don't I don't know. The don't the ones remember. with that the visa issues. Oh yes. Because it was right. supposed to be him yeah, and yeah, Tomohiro yeah. Ishii yes, on yes. one of the shows. Yes. So I don't know if he's been over here since the WCW days. Like maybe wow. I'm just blanking on I, I don't even think he was on like the Long Beach shows. Maybe he was on one of them. But anyway. I don't recall. Anyway. Um but yeah. first time in Canada. So uh, uh, that that was recently recently announced too, the uh War War of the Worlds. Yeah, War of the Worlds is starting uh, not next week, but the following week. They're doing four shows starting in Buffalo, and then the second night is in Toronto. Yeah, and as far as you know, what the New Japan talent are that that will be coming, it'll be Kojima, Nagata, and uh, Goto's going to be on the sh- on the shows. And right. beyond that, I don't even think they've announced any. They're for Toronto. They've got Matt Taven and PCO for the title. Jay Lethal against Kojima. Four corner survival match with Jeff Cobb, Brody King, Shane Taylor, and Hiroki Goto. Mm-hmm. That should be really good. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at strictly from a star power perspective, I mean, with they the, haven't announced the big guns. Yeah, with the, no Tanahashi announced yet or Naito. Well, or Tanahashi's like hurt. Um, okay. But yeah, they haven't announced. Uh, like, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a loaded New Japan roster for these right. shows. Hmm. Interesting. So okay. Anything else? Uh, I think that's going to bring the show to a close. John is. I've got to. I've got to go out and watch a movie. Well, John's got to uh, sit sit in a theater for three hours and, and tell me try to not talk to me for the for the next twenty four hours. This is going to be. It's going to be daunting to to go through this tonight. Yeah, uh, but you're I going with a group of how many people? Oh, I don't know how big the actual group is. It, it started at some enormous number. I I don't even know. It, it's it's more than ten though. I believe. Wow. So I want a full report on. Uh, I've got an assigned seat, so that's good yes that's very that, important that's a must i can't imagine like lining up for no something I'm, I'm only to sit for, for that for stuff three hours no all right uh thanks to everyone for tuning in thanks for all the calls it's always great when we hear from all of you mm-hmm. uh we do the show every thursday live 3 p.m eastern time next week on the show we're scheduled to be joined by conrad thompson to chat about all that's going on with starcast and there'll probably be a million more things to talk about with starcast by this time next week so uh always great to catch up with conrad and uh, pin him down for a couple minutes to see what's what's happening in his very busy world. Yeah, uh, some Tom McGee talk. Yes, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about Tom McGee yeah. uh, with Conrad Thompson. So look forward to that. Uh, all the shows are up on the site at postwrestling.com. We just dropped the double shot and we reviewed the Killing a Bruiser Brody special on Dark Side of the Ring, 10 Pounds of Gold, Road to Double or Nothing, Being the Elite, MLW. Very one last thing. I've I'm, I've been hearing of uh, many people maybe having issues with their uh, Patreon RSS feeds. Uh, I contacted Patreon about this. They they insist that there's really no issue. So it seems to be an issue that not necessarily everybody's experiencing, but some of you are. And if you are one of those people affected by your feeds not updating, um, do simply go to uh, patreon.com slash pledges. And what you need to do is just go to edit and you can have your pledge be the same amount. Just hit the edit button and then just kind of go through that process to refresh. And you should get a new email with your RSS feed. Failing all that, send me a message directly either on Twitter or on Patreon or wherever you can reach me. And I'll try to get you sorted. All right. And we'll be back on Thursday uh, for Cafe Members with a review of Guardians of the Galaxy. So yeah. uh, lots of shows coming up this week. We'll be up on Sunday with an Impact review. Myself and Nate Milton and Way will... Bring us up to speed on Endgame on Monday. And very quickly, uh, WWE stock just closed for the day at uh, 85.38, which is a 13.35% decrease. All right. there's There you have it. The latest on the WWE stock. Thanks again to Brandon Howard for joining us, and we will speak with you later this week.